I'm excited to welcome this month's premier sponsor, Remove.bg. It's an AI-powered tool used to remove background lightning fast. The background removal quality is outstanding, and it's also the perfect solution for professionals with high-volume needs. To try it for free, head on over to Remove.bg and use the coupon code PIXEL10 to get 10 free high-res credits. That's PIXEL10 in all caps without spaces. Try it today. Welcome to the Dead Pixel Society podcast, the photo imaging industry's leading news source. Here's your host, Gary Peugeot. The Dead Pixel Society podcast is brought to you by Media Clip, Photo Finale, and Advertech Printing. Hello again and welcome to the Dead Pixel Society podcast. I'm your host, Gary Peugeot, and today we're joined by Kerry Chauchet, the founder and CEO of Purple Squirrel Advisors in Troy, Michigan. Purple Squirrel Advisors is an executive search firm. Hi, Kerry. How are you today? Hi, Gary. Thank you for having me. I'm doing well. For those who aren't familiar with what a purple squirrel is in the executive recruiting world, what is a purple squirrel? Well, so there would be two definitions. There's the kind of the recruiter, the widely known recruiter definition, which you would find on Wikipedia, for example. And that would say uh, the a purple squirrel is a recruiting industry term referring to the elusive perfect candidate. So historically, I would have used it as, as a way of saying, oh, my gosh, this search is impossible. They're looking for a purple squirrel. Um, but we, so the second definition is the definition that we have adopted. And that is that we believe every search is the search for a purple squirrel if you're really trying to get it right on all accounts so that the fit piece, the things that you can't see on paper, we say when a company has found that great match, that's their purple squirrel. Tell us a little bit about your background in starting the business. First of all, very few recruiters know that they're going to be recruiters when they, you know, come out of school or, or you're growing up. It's, I feel like there's a lot of like what you would, what I would say, accidental recruiters, and and I fall into that category for sure. So I um, I, I went to the University of Notre Dame. I actually double majored. Um, I got two degrees, a finance degree and an art degree, because I was interested in photography and I was and wanted to at least do something on the art side. But I I started my career in finance and. Um, in litigation consulting, which um, is an interesting field, but it was not a good fit for me. And that's really where my passion for the fit comes into play as, as I know, you know, if you're not in a good fit, it can affect other areas of your life. And so I went to a recruiting firm to see if they could place me into a new position and uh, they recruited me to work for them. So that was back in September of 2003. And uh, I've been doing it ever since. So now you're on your own. And you have your own business. You have a team that goes out and looks for people. Now, everyone knows today's hiring environment is challenging. Mm -hmm. And for you're familiar, since you spoke at the Pro Convention, you are familiar with this market in terms of the photo imaging retailer and people like that. What do you think are some of the unrealized opportunities that these segments have for attracting employees? Well, first and foremost, I think one of the shifts that's occurred, you know, over the last couple of years is there's there's different things that are motivating people to move jobs or to stay in jobs. And a lot of that can come down to passion, interest, mission. And so, you know, you know, a lot of people just in general want to go to a place where they can be fulfilled and, and work like work for the sake of work, I think is becoming less acceptable overall. And so I think an opportunity for a, a, a you know an industry like photography retailers or, or you know this creative space in general 
is that there are a lot of people who are interested and, and excited about the, the space, the industry. And I think really capitalizing on that and really trying to find uh, people that have an interest or a passion for photography and how can that play out in, in, a, in a retail, you know, retail job, you know, what is, what's the benefit to those people? So really trying to um, leverage those interests and finding people that have those interests and bringing them into the industry um, that way. To do that, a business really has to kind of know what their mission is. For a business that's been around for a long time, they may internally know their mission, but then they have to uh, be able to talk about it. Yeah, mission and culture. You know, it took it probably took a couple, two, three years for Purple Squirrel to for me to develop some of those statements on our culture and and things like that. It takes time. It's not something that you can just sit down and write it. It actually evolves because it's right. it's a you know, it, it plays out, you know, people feel your culture if, if, if you're really being true, you know, and when you write them down, people should be able to feel that too. And so that, that evolves. Um, but yeah, I think those are, those are things that are important to be able to describe in the hiring process. Let's say you're running a small camera store. Where would you start to find a salesperson who may have to be like mostly commission, right? Because they're selling hardware. They're selling, you know, they're not selling a service per se. They're selling hard goods. Where would you start looking? The biggest thing is you got to fish where the fish are, I guess, as a way of right. saying, like, you know, you've really got to be looking in the circles where you're likely to find somebody that has sure. that that interest. I think as a starting point, somebody who has some knowledge or interest in photography, right. um, that's a good, a good base to work from. And mm-hmm. so I would be exploring you know, local groups, um, cl- you know, if there's a, a community college or another school in the area right. that has programs, I would be looking there. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly Instagram and, you know, maybe there's some budding photographers or people that are trying to launch a business um, in photography. And there'd be a benefit of working at a, a, a camera re- retail shop because maybe the discounts and different things that they might be eligible right, right, for. Right. I would be thinking about all of those places of where am I likely to find somebody who's interested in photography um, as a starting point. Because it used to be that they could either find people among their existing customers, like you have a heavy duty customer who comes in or in maybe a local community college or a local. But what's happened over the years is a lot of colleges, community colleges specifically have done away with the photography program. Right. So, so that sort of base has changed. Now, now you mentioned Instagram. Uh, how how effective do you think social media is for finding potential employees? I think it could be very effective for an industry like photography, mm-hmm. um, but it's not something that you can flip a switch and it happens overnight. I think that's a longer term strategy where um, if you have an Instagram following, then you can leverage your following for potential hiring. But I don't think you can start on Instagram right. with a plan to hire. And so right. um, that would be the big thing. So if, if the particular company has an established brand on Instagram, I would right. absolutely use it. Right. Um, but if, if not, then I would work on developing a brand on Instagram and, and have a plan to use it in the future. Now, the challenge I can see happening is you have someone who is tremendously passionate about photography, you know, and they're a great communicator or whatnot, but they may not be great at the job. Mm-hmm. How do you kind of balance that, right? Because you may have somebody who may be more interested in, you know, using the gear rather than selling the gear. I think, first of all, if the person has an interest and, and a desire to learn mm-hmm. that skill, right, 
providing some training, you know, and some direct feedback. And so I would say like setting expectations properly on the front end uh, and then really spending some time with shadowing and, you know, the onboarding phase, I think would be really important for somebody that's making this transition. And, you know, I can envision a situation where maybe, you know, first of all, they're going to shadow the the experienced person and then they're going to go into the driver's seat Mm-hmm. And providing feedback of saying, hey, like that was a really good interaction, but next time try asking this or, right. you know, here's another way or, you know, like really working with them. And I say, I think if you've got the right person who's got an open mind and receptive to feedback, it could it could be a, a, a workable situation. Because I think there is sort of a cultural dynamic happening in terms of work-life balance. Mm-hmm. We talked a little bit about that. I think there's a lot of different expectations of what a Zoomer or a millennial is expecting out of work. And I think part of that is a path forward, right? Maybe they're hiring in as mm-hmm. a counter salesperson, but they kind of want to know where it's going to end up. Exactly. Yeah. What's really interesting right now is that, you know, the, the candidates are interviewing the companies just as much as, as the companies are interviewing the candidates. Right, right. Exactly. And they want to know what's the opportunity today, but what do you, how are you going to develop me? How can my career grow with you? Where's the company mm-hmm. going? Mm-hmm. How do I fit into that growth plan? Right. And so it's difficult because you've got to pay, you know, they haven't even stepped foot in the company and they want already want to know what their next position is. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So that, that presents a little bit of a challenge and, um, there's definitely a trend towards more on the spot feedback versus regularly scheduled performance reviews. Right, right, um, right. And really keeping that that those lines of communication open on, mm-hmm. hey, you look around, you see what, you know, you see the other mm-hmm. opportunities in our business. Where do you think you could add value? What is where do you see yourself growing to to stay with us long term? So kind of keeping the lines of communication with your existing employees, I think, is important too, because retention is the name of the game right now. Well, that's exactly right. I think that's one of the challenges is not only recruitment, but retention, because you have to, you know, maintain the relationship with the, with the, with the employee. Because what's happened, in, especially in retail, you have employees who develop relationships with, with customers, right? Mm-hmm. And they don't want to, the, the employer doesn't want that employee to take those customers with them, which does happen. Sure. Absolutely. I can see a big risk there. So... <laughs> Yeah, I think retention is huge um, right now because the cost to acquire a new employee and the training and getting them up to speed, mm-hmm. it's 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 a it can be a tough path. And so if you've sure. got a well-established employee who um is doing well in their role, you know, it's mm-hmm. obviously the ROI of keeping them is very high. Now we've also heard that one pool of potential employees or friends and family of existing employees. Is that growing as a as an opportunity or is there a concern when you have maybe family members who aren't part of the ownership team coming in and becoming part of the, the staff? I think it depends. You know, I think you definitely want to, you don't want to hire people just because they've got this relationship, but there's also the benefit of you know, maybe shared values. And if you've got a really great employee who's willing to kind of put their name on the recommendation and saying, I know this person, they're going to be great. Right. You know, that's the best recommendation, you know, right. possible. Um, and so I think that there's a lot of value in leveraging those referrals um, mm-hmm. because, you know, there's the hope that there's going to be shared values and there's that level of trust and, right. um, 
you know, they're less, I think the the potential employee is less likely to like, for example, ghost, you know, there's right. a lot of ghosting that occurs and yeah, they don't so want to exactly. make their, their friend or family member look bad, you know, so right. they're going to be professionalism, hopefully. Right. So. And of course, like the person who's existing on the staff doesn't want to bring aboard someone who's going to either make them look bad. Sure. Right. right. Now there's also, I've heard of businesses actually uh, like providing bonuses to employees yes. who bring on people who yep. stay a certain length of time. Is that common yep. or more common now? Yeah, that's very common. I mean, that's, the, you know, and I think the the dollar values have been increasing, you know, to, mm-hmm. um, to, pr- to provide those referrals. But yeah, very common. Generally, after a, a certain waiting period, then the bonus gets gets paid. Mm-hmm. So um, that's, you know, we're seeing more and more of that, for sure. And, and it's much more cost effective than, you know, potentially, you know, ad, whatever the cost of advertising might be or, or other right. methods. One of the questions I hear a lot when I talk to business owners is, how long is this going to go on? <laughs> is there any idea that is this a demographic shift because of the baby boomers are aging out? So there's fewer people or is this a seasonal or type thing that will be over in a year or two? It's hard to say. I wish I, I wish I knew. I think that some of what's happened, I think, are, is going to be more long term in terms of the expectations that um, people have of their jobs, you know, where I, you know, I, I don't think that all of those expectations are going to, are going to go away. I think people really have shifted a lot of mindset in terms of how does that job fit into my life? What am I seeking right. out of my employer? I think these, you know, younger generations definitely have had an emphasis more on mission and social responsibility and some right. of these, um, you know, other things that maybe prior generations weren't as focused on. Sure. So I don't think that's going away. I do think I, I, I expect that it'll get a little bit easier, you know, at mm-hmm. some point in the next 12 months um, in terms of just more talent being available. I think right now what's going on in retail is you're competing with, you know, maybe industries that you weren't competing with before. So there's a lot of um, I think there's just a lot of competition for certain talent, like manufacturing, for example. There's a lot of companies that are willing to like upscale or, or completely train with no experience. Right. And so they're pulling, I think, from different industries. And mm-hmm. there's going to be a point in time where, you know, that there's going to be less of that. And there will hopefully be, um, it won't be quite as hard on the retail side. And then, of course, there's also the gig economy people. Yep. coming in, you know, I mean, you can almost make as much door dashing as you can working, you know, a retail job or something like that. And you've got a lot more flexibility. Yeah. Control over your schedule and all that. Yeah. I was talking to somebody recently who was telling me that, yeah, he's kind of putting together, he's kind of one of those gig workers. He's combining a lot of different gig jobs and kind of making it all work. But he's like, I, I like it. I get to pick my schedule. Nobody's telling me like he's more, he was more of a restaurant and hospitality guy, but he was like, yeah. You know, I don't have somebody hand me a schedule and say, these are your hours. He's like, I get right. to pick when I work and those people want that, that control, I think, over yeah. their schedules. So it, it, it is a very interesting time. So where do people go for more information about Purple Squirrel Advisors? Sure. So you can find us um, on LinkedIn. We've got a Purple Squirrel Advisors page there. You can find us on, you know, at www.purplesquirreladvisors.com. And uh, my email address is Carrie, C-A-R-R-I-E at purplesquirreladvisors.com. Well, thank you, Carrie, and have a great week. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Dead Pixel Society podcast. 
Read more great stories and sign up for the newsletter at www.thedeadpixelssociety.com.